Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Jackie Cation here. Welcome back to the Dork Forest. Here we are. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. You know what I'm working on? I'm working on, I, I want to integrate them. Just have it, JackieCation.com. Screw this. Hey, type in two different things. And then if you want to go to JackieCation.com and find out where I'm doing stand-up comedy or buy merch or donate to the thing, you, you got to do a bunch of clicking. So, uh, I, I'm talking to, I'm talking to a guy. I'm talking to a guy, they say. And, uh, and he can do it. He can do it, uh, fancy. But uh right now, I mean, not that we don't appreciate the work Vilmos has done to make uh the, the website, the JackieCation.com, look really fun and cool right now. It looks great. And then Mike Rickberg sang that song you just heard. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. And, yeah, you can buy merch. You can uh donate two bucks and get a magnet in the mail because uh, I have magnets, Ranger of the Dork Forest magnets. If you're from out of the country, of course, send me $3 for obvious reasons. And five bucks if you want a patch, a ranger patch, like a, like a Boy Scout, which I made for my nephew. Anyway, uh, I got a couple hundred of those, but those are like five bucks because they were actually expensive. And if you're from out of state, out of country, send me six bucks and I'm going to play with my, my iced coffee while I do a thousand announcements. Uh, in other news, yeah, the merch, you can, you can buy t-shirts, you can buy a CD. I'm going on the road again. So feel free to come and see me do stand-up comedy. And you're all doing vital work, Rangers of the Dork Forest, sitting with me today. A man, uh, the hardest working man in, uh, Los Angeles comedy, I would say. Oh, uh, Jay. thank you, Jack. There you go. Well, that's what you need. You need kudos. You need appreciation. <laughs> you know what else you need, Jake Kroger? What? Donations. Yes. The Comedy Bureau. That's yeah. right. Bureau. Like, like a dresser, but spell it Bureau with an E and a U. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it's the same spelling for the, comedy- the, fr- the furniture and the, you know, shortening of bureaucracy. Oh, is that how you shorten bureaucracy with an EU? Uh, no, a bureaucracy actually has bureau in it. Okay. How's yeah. my spe- how's my spelling? Not good. Not good, <laughs> it turns out. Yeah. So, Jay Kroger, you run uh, thecomedybureau.com. Yes, I do. And what that does is you call the world, uh, you call the world of at least the Los Angeles, the Southland. Yeah. And find, uh, what, what comedy shows people should go see and then what open mics people can take part in. Right. And then the comedy shows that people see. Uh, after you've done open mic for a long time, you're like, well, I want to be on the comedy shows that I want to see. Right. And then that gives you an idea of how you might do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, I'd like the mission statement I put behind it is that I want to make comedy better. Ooh. For comedy, like for comedians and people who love comedy. So oh, and comedy nerds and right. comedy dorks. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, cause there's so much great stuff out there. And then there's so much, there's so many places to get up and perform. And there's, you know, I think comedy's going through a boom. And I, I love laughing, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. hysterically to sure. where we're like, Hey guy, settle down. Right, right. Quit having so much fun. Yeah. Oh, and- yeah. Screw you, man. Uh, <laughs> Pete Holmes is funny. Uh, yeah, Pete Holmes is funny. You know what that guy does? What? He doesn't make it weird. I was on his podcast. <laughs> uh, Pete Holmes makes it weird or makes well, it weird. I just to that Holmes. episode. <laughs> It was the, he told me it was the weirdest episode because John, uh, Glazer right. made it slightly weird and he's like, this is actually genuinely weird. And yeah. he, cause I thought that he would genuinely try to make it weird. Right. 
But he doesn't. He's just weird. Yeah. And so he thinks it'll be weird. But John Glazer and him were up for that talking baby on some commercial. And right. Pete mentioned it and John, uh, pro- I think to be funny. Right. Because he was like, well, I'm supposed to make it weird. Right. Uh, celebrated the fact that he didn't get that job. <laughs> that <laughs> giant bag of money. Oh yeah. No, I hear. It. And it was, uh, weird. It was awkward. It was tense. There was some tension, uh, created, I think, more. <laughs> By not just laughing it off. And then me, I uh, went to the defense mechanisms of my broken childhood mm-hmm. and tried to just release all, me and Eric Andre over on the side. Yeah. Just riffing, trying to, let's release some of this tension and <laughs> somehow undo it. It was palpable, even after, well, yeah, I literally was listening to this, uh, today. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it was. Is it the latest episode of his? Uh, Jay Larson is the latest. Is the latest. Oh, oh no. So you're one behind? No, Christian Shaw is, actually. Okay. Yeah, no, but I've listened to both of those. I, I pick and choose. I can't listen to every episode of any podcast. Oh. I, I, no, cause I. Cause there's too many. Well, yeah, to be the comedy bureau, I get sent so much stuff and right. I do want to listen to so much stuff. And that means, I mean, honestly, everybody take no offense. I sift through a lot of garbage. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, the thing is, is cause there's so much content. Yes. Uh, everyone has the internet and yes. knows that at least 70, for some reason with as many nudely, nude, nude, nudely pictures as there are on the internet. Right. How can you be bored on the internet? And yet we all are. <laughs> yeah. We're all bored. Right. A good 35% of the time. Yeah. And that might be being nice. Yeah. I'm not going to even <laughs> question that percentage. <laughs> right. Well, have you listened? I listened to two episodes of Dana Gould's podcast. Podcast? Have oh, you I tried love that? Dana. Yeah, I love Dana's. Yeah, once That's a right. month and so much production. So much so production. So hilarious. Two Boston guys talking about politics cracks me up so hard. Every time. Yeah, I've yeah. only listened to two, but I can't wait. Oh, I, can't, yeah. I, I just, when I get uh, another couple hours where I'm not either editing or uh, trying to figure out work. Right. But that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's Dana, mm-hmm. one, two, it's every month. And like, you know, like. So it's only once a month. Right. Yeah. yeah. Some, the some, content isn't too great. Yeah. Well, who has, that's what I'm saying is like, who has the time and the talent to put like a podcast together like that professional? Like it almost is a TV show or like a, like a on-air radio. Oh, because of how much work goes into it. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause I know that people listen to podcasts while at work. You know, right. they're like, well, I am doing my, my job does not, I get to listen to the radio. I get to yeah. listen, essentially listen to talk radio while I work right. at my office. Yeah. And so they listen to 40 hours of podcasts a week. Right. Which is amazing. Yeah. And, um, cause I know that they're great. I know right. Paul of Tompkins would, makes a great podcast. Yeah. I've never heard it. <laughs> I know that Doug, Doug, I said to Doug the last time I saw him, I was like, Doug Benson, um, hey, could you start two more podcasts? Cause then you'd have five and that'd be a nice round number for me. Right, right. Cause he's got three podcasts now. Right. And the one where he's eating, uh-huh. I hear, uh, there was some drama with the one episode with Matt Knudsen that I did, uh, uh-huh. where we did some eating. Yeah. Uh, and no one, <laughs> Several people, one guy was like, I'm done listening to this. It was so disgusting listening to you eat. <laughs> and I was like, well, sir, never listen to Doug Stanhope, Doug, Doug Benson's eating podcast, eating podcast. So your dork dumb, besides comedy, which is obvious and, and we'll probably weed off into comedy any number of times oh, it in, the, will. Next, in yeah. the next hour. Yeah. But I liked uh, that the first thing you listed was origami. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have had, I've had a font dork on. Yeah. And then I had uh, a ventriloquist. Ooh. And then, um, yesterday was, uh, was weird animation guy. Yeah. And, uh, awesome, like obscure animation that, that I'm sure someone sitting at home was going, well, not obscure, Jackie. But, uh, <laughs> but you can't know everything. I can't know, I can't no, know everything. Nobody, so I got to learn things. Nobody can know everything. No. 
And there's... you shouldn't want to. Didn't anybody see the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull where she gets to know everything and dies? <laughs> I don't care if that was spoiled, wow. the, spoiled the movie for anybody. No one should see it. No one should see it. Uh, the thing is, is, and they play it on a 24-7. It's like Beastmaster right. from 1987 when cable was just invented. Yeah. Uh, they play that Crystal Skull movie all the time on cable now. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. And, and my, because my brother Russ calls me to tell me what he's watching on television. <laughs> regularly. Yeah. And uh, and he has decided that that actually holds up. He's like it gets better actually with every watching. I was like, "No, no, that's just the soothing soothing noise of something familiar." Right. At a certain point when you've seen something that many times. Right. Oh, it's like it's like that rain noise they sell at like gift shops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Caw, caw. Yeah. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. Shia LaBeouf's yelling. <laughs> <laughs> right. The yeah. magic of that. Yeah. And uh Harrison Ford at 100. Right. So origami, uh, that's a thing that I love to do. I, you know, a big thing of it is that it relieves a lot of my stress. Really? Like, Making tiny cranes or yeah. birds? Or- oh, well, I mean, crane, like crane is the, like their traditional thing. And I mean, I got a lot of books that I follow. Like, okay. Well, uh, how did it start? Cause you know, like they teach you when you're, when you're five. Right. There's oh, in thing Japan. There- when you live in Japan. Yeah, no, yeah. When, no, no, like in my grade school, there was an origami class. Oh, that's But fun. just once. Right. <laughs> you know, and you're like, uh, turns out this is a learned skill. Right. I'm not going to nail it down. You, of course, are of some Asian ancestry. Yeah, which I really don't like celebrate whatsoever at all. I, right. I, uh, I actually feel, uh, this is going to come out however it's going to come <laughs> out. I feel uncomfortable in Asian parts of town because I don't feel Asian. I was adopted when I was one. In the Philippines, and I've been raised pretty American. Is, right. You know, like so I- So are your parents not Filipino? My mom is. My dad is not. Uh, but like, I don't know. I feel like I've given it a fair chance. Like, I have <laughs> tried Filipino food. It's mostly disgusting. I don't like Tagalog. I think the language sounds very harsh. Uh, they're doing good work. Uh, first of all, we have listeners in Manila. Because I have been criticized for uh, whatever I make a reference about uh, bad driving. Right. I make a reference to Manila. Right. And I will I will now post that with, I am referring to the driving in Manila in 1987. Right. And I'm genuine because I saw, I was studying the Philippines in 1987. Right. right. Um, I find Filipino food excellent. You don't like it? Maybe we go together. Yeah. Maybe we go together. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, like, I, I a lot of it's really greasy. Right, but so is Thai food, yeah, unless so is, you get it done right. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's like, I, there's like a secret just like, I, I want to deny. Just out of reach. Out, <laughs> I, out of reach. Uh, that I just want to deny my, uh, like. Your uh, ancestry or Ancestry, because I don't feel like that's a thing. Because I wasn't right. raised in the Philippines. Right, but you're, so you're American. I'm American. But the thing is, is sometimes they take, uh, food from everyone that we've co-opted and turned it into frozen dinners. And uh and when that happens with the Filipino meals, right. then then it will be truly American. Right. Cuz then it doesn't like the Chinese, they don't they they, they don't get uh, egg rolls anymore. They're ours now. They're, oh, yeah, they yeah. are now American oh, egg yeah. rolls. Yeah. Wontons, those are ours. I'm yeah. so sorry. It's oh, yeah. the ravioli. Ravioli is ours. Yeah. Sorry, it's it, Italy. Orange chicken, not really. <laughs> Never dish. was. Yeah. Never was and now ours. Anyway, yeah. doesn't matter. But uh <laughs> I knew I knew a guy I, um, who was who was raised in Vietnam and came uh, when I worked at the Chinese restaurant in Minneapolis, and he hated being Vietnamese more right. than anyone I'd ever met in my life hated because I have a problem with being Armenian. 
Right. Especially here. Right. Because I don't fit in. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't have. You're like I don't, me. Yeah. I'm yeah. totally like you because I don't speak Armenian. Right. I can cook the food. Right. And I can go to church if my parents are around. Right. And, but that is all, that's all it is. Right. And I don't want to deny it. Yeah. But I mean, but, wh- like, what, I mean, who's telling you to deny, like, that's the, the struggle I have. Like, why do, why am I forced to have to like acknowledge anything Filipino if I don't feel any attachment to it? You know? Right. You do know, you feel forced in some cases? Oh yeah. All the, like my mom, you know, very late in life was like, oh, you should, uh, you know, learn Tagalog and you should appreciate Filipino food. And I'm like, she might have wanted to start that about 20 years ago. Yeah. She should have. But like, I mean, that's her, her fault, uh, kind of. And he, who's, Who's she I'm sorry. To say? I'm going to judge and say totally her fault because she's the she was the parent. Right. Absolutely. She should have handed you a chicken wing with Filipino spices on it and go. This is your people. Right. Or, no, and she admits it herself. <laughs> it's totally right, her right. fault. No, no, and and but it's. I mean, not that she's. Right. But I'm just saying, like, just because of, like, where I was born, why do I have to like that type of food and speak <laughs> that language? Maybe you don't. Yeah. Maybe I want to just speak, sp- like, learn French. And, right. And, and, you know. And, and blow and some minds, man. Blow, blow some, some minds. Blow some minds. Because, listeners, if you see my face, I don't look like I speak French. Well, do you know Mark Fernandez? Ah, uh, the name sounds familiar. He's Filipino, oh, okay. and uh, but American, raised here, right? And is like, I'm, he he does a, a he's he was on the one of the original Dork Force, like the first three hundred episodes, right, a thousand years ago, and <laughs> he he talked about it a little bit how he's constantly having to explain right. that he's not Mexican and that he's not. It's he's like I'm just American. Leave me alone, right? Yeah, I'm just an American. Absolutely. Do I? How come? Yeah. There's no, you're not hearing any accent that you should be confused about. No. Why is looking into my, my face, my right. joke hole, right. uh, making <laughs> you need, uh, to explain? Right. It throws people off too. My last name's Kroger. Yeah, with a, with his German. It's German. Yeah. yeah. Cause my dad's, you know, he's one of those Scotch Irish German, you know, Caucasian. He's mix. a, he's a Caucasian mutt. Yeah. That is, a, is also American. Yeah. Also American. And yeah, I just, so the point is. The point about the origami. Where the hell that's that the most from? Asian thing about me <laughs> is that I do origami, but it's not because I'm Asian that I do it. It just, I enjoy folding. You paper. weren't looking around. No. You weren't looking around for something Asian to do. No, like, <laughs> I need to connect to my roots. So I'm not even, I'm not even going to. went Japan. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to, the subjugators of the Philippines. Yeah. We're going to look to what their traditions are. Uh, See, you know some Filipino history. Yeah, they, well, they, yeah, it just happens, mm-hmm. you know, you know. It, right, but so do people who aren't Filipino. They also know some history about the Philippines. Yeah, well, it's for, yeah, you know, I don't know if you know this, a lot of Filipino kids are named an, an American name, mm-hmm. and they add Mac to the beginning of their name. You know why? Why? Uh, because General MacArthur is like considered a hero in the Philippines, the American general during yeah, World yeah. War II. So you'll hear a lot of weird names like Mac David. Mac David. Yeah. Which is interesting to me because MacArthur, mm-hmm. not that great. <laughs> not that great for the Filipinos. I mean, better than, I don't know, Roosevelt, than right. Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. but, uh, or McKinley. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm glad it's not for McKinley. Yeah. That would be. They had to add an A in there. Yeah. <laughs> they added the an A, which is, cause it's, it's not McKinley, it's MacArthur. Yeah, MacArthur's better than McKinley. Right. Right. Anyway, uh, so when did you start doing origami? I started doing or I had like a casual interest into it when I was a kid because I, I liked the paper crate. I just thought it looked neat. 
And then, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So my mom got me a, a book, um, and it was like really simplistic things. Um, and I didn't really get into it then because I don't know if you know this, people who fold origami, terrible writers. Uh, they, they cannot describe for the life of them yeah, how to how do to, it. How to fold, like, it's so, it's like decoding a puzzle, like going through <laughs> an origami book. Oh man. Yeah, no, because they can't say fold it over or fold, there, there's a, like an official term, valley fold. Okay. Or mountain fold, and that determines which way you fold. Okay. The paper. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's like, and a until bu- you know all those terms. Yeah. You are like, well, what the hell? Right. And the book my mom got me was basically a very uh, fast, fastly translated Japanese origami book, which the way they wrote that book, was a lot of was like, okay, reference the, the, like for uh, the folds on page 37. Right. For these next 10 steps. Wow. Yeah, like a Thomas Brothers guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you have to go back and forth. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and as like an eight-year-old kid, like, I just, uh, all right, I'm annoyed. I just wanted right. like. Oh. You're eight. Yeah. I'm actually going to need someone to teach me how to do this. And you know those those uh, how-to books, Those are that's a skill in itself, right? right. Writing those what, books. Yeah. yeah. So when I, did you get a good one? Well, no, I had that one for a while and then it was just like, I'd look at it every few months and like, okay, we're going to, we're going to crack this today. <laughs> okay. We're not going to crack this today. <laughs> I'd try and I'd stop. And then, um, but then I think, you know, after like a year of having it, there was like a revolutionary mo. Oh, they mean raise the paper and fold it and like kind of stress it and crease it in this way. To make it look like this. And I'm like, ah, you know, uh, it was like an epiphany. It was an epiphany. And then I like, but after a year of looking at it at least a dozen times when I was a kid. Right. Right. But the thing is, is, I mean, it's proof though, that if you look at something long enough, you might be able to figure it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, then I, yeah, I I just kind of went through that book and it turned out a lot of that stuff was like really easy. But I, what, I, what was interesting to me is like uh, they would teach you out of – there was like models for a crane, of course, the traditional model. But then there was like catamarans, houses, and uh, frogs and whales. But it all looked kind of not like that stuff. Okay, so that didn't exactly look like a whale. Yeah. It would okay. Like you would have to imagine it or you could do the cheesy thing, which like if you go to Barnes & Noble and you get an origami book, there's like some childish ones. Yeah. You, they'll, they'll print like eyes and have the color. Okay. Which, which will also be a giant hint oh, yeah, to, yeah. to your mom when you hand it to her. Look yeah. what I made. She's like, aha. Right, right, right. Um, so I, for actually for years, I just like rested on my origami laurels. If that sentence has <laughs> ever been said, I love that sentence. Yeah. Uh, and what I would, this is the way I would like bullshit high school or like middle school and high school projects where they, you'd have to make a poster board. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm a guy who can't draw and I'm not a girl who, who like does girly craft stuff. Other than the origami. Uh, mm-hmm. so I would just like make origami and paste it on my poster board and I would get an A. Right. And then. Cause they were like, you made this yourself? Yeah. And then, that's so impressive. And I would even color like, there was like, I, I made the whale, which is not an orca whale model. I just painted, I colored it in like an orca and just called it an orca. <laughs> <laughs> for like some, some for like science. Yeah, for science. There was like some right. report I had to do on like marine life and, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I can do a whale. Yeah. And out. that was, yeah, that was, uh, that got me by with a lot of, a lot of projects that I really did. That's awesome to. though. Yeah. So what's the name of the, the book? Do you remember the name of the first book? The first book is just called origami. 
Oh, it's called, and who wrote it? Any idea? Yeah, I, it's a Japanese, I, I don't even like using that book anymore because it's. No, no, you don't want someone else to stare at it for a year and try to figure out the secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I, is a any... glossary wouldn't be out of line. Yeah, a glossary. In such a thing. No, there is, but it's so, it's so confusing. It's like, like, there's. Are there good books, starter books now? Yeah, well, there, there are good books. I mean, that's what, you know, in the last two years, I've gotten more books because I wanted to like, uh, get more into it. And I got really tired of just like folding like cranes and whales and, uh, boats and pinwheels. <laughs> it's ri- those are really, Where there's simple. like six things that you were doing over and over again. Yeah. And I got really like, uh, you know, and then, uh, about two years ago, my parents, uh, actually found that there was a documentary about origami. Oh. Uh, I want to guess what it's called, Jackie. Is it called origami? No. What is it called? Between the folds. <laughs> of course it's called that. I'm so sorry I didn't guess that. <laughs> oh my god, of course. Why wouldn't it? Right. Because, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Good for them. Good, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. excuse of a, they deserve to go to the punitentiary where right. they will serve pun right. to life. I always, when I always hear puns like that, I always imagine somebody like laughing at their desk for an hour. Just right. like, oh my god, this is so amazing. And they just call the friend. This is what I'm gonna call it. This is what I'm gonna call it. And they don't even like wait till like that's dumb. They just hang up. <laughs> Right. And the thing is, is I don't even know if that's de- definitely a pun. Because I think it's, <laughs> it's just not. wordplay, right? Because yeah, it's, 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 it's not a pun. Yeah. It's just wordplay. But they still belong in the what, the pun, punitentiary. Yeah. Sure. We'd yeah. stick them there. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> so the last couple of years, you've been getting better books. Or yeah, yeah. Because books. when I saw that documentary, it was actually really, really amazing uh, to see that, like, there were legitimate origami artists that would – uh, make realistic looking stuff. Like there was a guy that I, he, as part of some competition, he took over, I believe a year and a half to fold like a, like a life size dragon. Wow. Yeah. Using several pieces of paper. Yeah. And like folding individual yeah, what, scales. Is there, is there a rule that you have to use one piece? Or? Well, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, the traditional, I remember yeah, yeah, the traditional rule is you'd have a square piece of paper that's a perfect square. Perfect square. And you can't tear anything. Okay. But you have to fold. Yeah, you have to fold. But since then, uh, you know, of course nobody, you know, wants to stick to that rule forever. So people use different dimensions of paper. Okay. They use, um, Multiple pieces of paper and attach them together. Okay. Um, the, one of the latest books I got, uh, teaches, uh, teaches you how to fold a reindeer out of a tea bag. What? Yep. Out of an old tea bag, essentially, uh, or out of an unused tea bag. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a desperate cry for help for someone who doesn't have any paper, <laughs> but had some tea. Yeah. Which is, that's the thing that I do. Like, well, personally, like what I like, uh, do when I fold, I don't use, I don't go buy origami paper. Like, I'm a snob, but I don't do that. Is, okay. There's origami paper. Yeah. There is origami paper. And actually, in most of the books that I own, they teach you how to make your own paper. Oh, really? Yeah. And like, like it involves a very like complicated and time consuming. It seems like expensive process of washing and uh, mashing and putting stuff together. Like you're making papyrus or something. Right. Right. What, what, um, well, cause the thing about folding paper that, I mean, it, I, you know, it rightfully should pass uh, through most people's heads is that, uh, the type of paper is important. Like you can't fold using cardstock. Right. 
Yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. I've tried. It's, Have you? It's really hard. Just because you wanted maybe something that would stand up more? Or? Or no, that's, I just like the challenge of it. And I like, you know, the, here's the, here's the kind of like, like, beautiful life, uh, inspiring thing that I try to do just yeah. like day to day. I will go to a cafe and if I, just to kill time, if I have to, I will get like something off of their like local events, you know, display if it, oh, right. It, so a flyer of some right. sort. I, I will tear off a square and then it'll, I'll fold something, then leave it there and not tell anybody I folded it. Yay. Yeah. To hopefully brighten somebody like, Oh, look at that. Found art. Yeah, found yeah, art. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, that's so you you're essentially just um killing time in between surfing and 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 just like surfing the the web and, right. and looking for stuff for yeah. the comedy bureau. Right. You're so do you have to make it into a, do you usually make it into a, a square? Do you make it into a perfect square? Yeah, I you have to with for I mean, most. Yeah, well, well, like the more simple, the less folds it is. Uh, you don't have to be as precise, but okay. Uh, yeah, the more complex it gets, like, you know, there, there are, you know, models that are several hundred folds. Like, I can fold an orchid. You can fold an orchid. I can fold an orchid. I can how, fold- How big is the piece of paper that you're starting with? Well, that, um, that I can, I, you know, I can, uh, a piece of, I don't need even a piece, like, I can fold an orchid out of, like, a three by five, you know, uh, piece of paper. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I'd have to tear it off to, you know, make certain dimensions, but right. I did, yeah, but, uh, that's just because of the way the model folds. Okay. Uh, so other ones that are more complicated, uh, complicated, uh, it's, you know, because they fold tinier and tinier. Um, I need bigger pieces of paper. Like there's a, uh, I just finished folding like a bald eagle. Really? Yeah. I need a, like a notebook sized piece of paper. For that. Okay. Yeah. But not eight and a half by eleven. No. Squared off. Yeah, squared off. And for the orchid, you say three by five, but you're talking about a three by five, but squared off. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, rectangle. It needs to be the ratio. The orchid. Two, no, uh, yeah, two to one. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, two to one. Yeah. Rectangle. And can you? So you can use, you know, you can use just copy paper or printing paper. Right. But what's? Uh, can you? Like I've seen it done with like newspapers and stuff. Yeah, newspaper is. I mean, uh, you know, you got to take in account that like the consistency of the paper in terms of like, you know, how thick is it, mm-hmm. uh, and how responsive it is to creasing. Like construction paper, you think might be good, but it doesn't really fold all that well. No. No, it doesn't. No, isn't it? it yeah, it it's crumples. sort of cardstocky. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's cardstocky. Yeah, and because of the if way- it's thick, and if it isn't. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, and it, it tears really easy. Yeah. Yeah. I've never approved a construction paper. But I've, I've folded, see, this is what I like the challenge. I folded a three-headed crane out, okay. of, out of construction paper. Excellent. What color was it? Green. Very nice. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know, I can't remember, I remember having construction paper forced on me regularly as a right. child and never knowing what the hell to do with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just because I was like, well, you're giving me a piece of construction paper and crayons that aren't going to show up on this construction paper. Right. So I think it's better for folding or for for making puppets and making well, like you a know, diorama it's for or all something. those girls and and doing school projects, and they just spend time cutting stuff out. Right. And then getting A's when most of us guys are just like, oh, we're terrible at handwriting. We don't uh, understand, like, just like space <laughs> rules. deteriorated into some girl boy thing from when <laughs> boys rule, girls rule. No, anyway, no, 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 no. I was eight. No. <laughs> yeah, I was eight. I was eight. Or, right. I mean, that was just like, I was good at, uh, like, I was 
in academics, I was really great. But when it came to like anything that just involved drawing or cutting stuff out or coloring, it right. made, I, I felt like it fell apart. Yeah, it fell apart. It fell yeah. Apart. I wasn't, um, I could do, I could do drawing, but I was not good at cutting. Right. Uh, I distinctly remember failing cutting in, in, in kindergarten. Right. Uh, I don't know wh- who is telling a five year old that they've failed. Cutting. <laughs> that's uh, oh, man, that's seems traumatic. a little harsh. Right? That's seems a little, traumatic. You're like, all right, uh, and then nobody mentioning. Well, your motor skills will get slightly better as you <laughs> possibly age. Right. I was just convinced for a while that I wasn't able to use glue properly. Like I would use glue stick, and it's <laughs> like, how's this not sticking? Right. Yeah. Oh, was I was it, just yeah, I was doing. Was it just work. bad glue sticks? Oh, it, it was bad glue sticks primarily because uh, it was just like my glue mom. sticks. I I think are overrated. Totally you, overrated. I I think you actually need glue. Yeah, I feel like you, everyone, for every project, everyone should use, like, wood glue. Like, industrial-level <laughs> glue. Oh, right. no, this will stick. Yeah, it yeah. will stay together. Yeah. And it, that will successfully it happen. It won't fall apart during your presentation on right. one of the flies. <laughs> wow. Uh, is that, was, did you make something for a Lord of the Flies presentation? Uh, no, I didn't make, uh, something for, the, I saw someone had, like, it fell, Constantly, they had the poster like yeah. on the on the chalkboard, mm-hmm. and stuff just kept fell, falling off as they're trying to talk. And you, of course, when you're like giving book reports in front of the class, you're you're, you're already nervous. You're already a mess. Yeah, and you're like, oh no, the oh, thing that the I spent thing all night that doing. I, uh, crap. Yeah, it's yeah. falling off. Uh, the only thing that I had to make in junior high and high school, like I was, ne- I never did. You know, like in the Disney TV show, there's always some science fair that they make people be part of. Mm-hmm. Or did you have that in high school? Um, it was optional. Yeah, we didn't, if there was a science fair happening somewhere in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right. uh, we were not forced to right. be any part of it, and those, those dorks were, uh, hidden elsewhere. Right. I was busy, uh, in band and debate and forensics and other talkity talk, right. uh, things. And so, and then band. But <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, is the only thing I had to make yeah. was in ninth grade Latin class, we had to do something Roman. Right. We had to make a Roman thing. And my father completely got into it and co-opted it and was right. like, we're going to make a catapult mm-hmm. and I'm going to buy balsa wood mm-hmm. and we're going to do it. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I was like, am I going to do it? And he's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to do it. Uh, and then he did it and, and he used wood glue and it was, <laughs> it stayed together. Yeah. And, uh, and I got a C on it because mm-hmm. it was clearly, uh, that I did not make it. <laughs> it could not have been more clear to my Latin teacher right, <laughs> that right. I had nothing to do with that. Right, right. Those days are so. Over. So you started when you were eight, but but you started and and you've always just fiddled with it, fiddled with it, fiddled with it, and then it got kind of intense. A couple yeah. of years ago, you're like, I want to make something else besides these six things. Right, because it, I mean, that really as cheesy as that title is for that documentary, it was really amazing to see not only that, but then there were people that actually started taking artistic license with the models they would do in terms of like, uh, and th- th- this opened my eyes in terms of like art and yeah. like, and like art forms right? that they, you know, why do we have to fold realistic things? Why don't we just fold oh. beautiful figures? Who's say, who's to say that we even have to fold? Like there's a, they, they, they document this whole group in France that just crimps stuff. Like they, okay. They have like a fire and over the fire, they soften the paper okay. and just shape it. Okay. Oh, they sort of pull at it. Yeah, and yeah, and, and they like make realistic looking mushrooms and all all that type of stuff. And wow. Yeah, and then you know, there's a certain point at which uh, you know, you fold something and it sort of looks like it, but then you can take uh more time in terms of like pressing your like like 
curling the paper. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, and you can break those rules, cutting it or, you know, yeah. uh, adding other stuff. Right. It's a, right. There's no, there's no bossy magoos of, of the art of origami, right? I'm sure, no. I'm sure that there's purists. And yeah. There's no, oh, who get all grabby. Right. But that was like an uh, eye opening experience for me in terms of, uh, art and comedy in ter- like, you know, when people started painting, they yeah. wanted to represent what they saw. Right. You know, and then it got to a point after hundreds and hundreds of, why do we have to represent it exactly right. that way? Why don't we make it a little bit better? Or why don't we make it a little bit worse? Or why don't, you know, why don't, why do we have to paint figures at all? Why don't we paint representations of an ideal? Right. Why don't we question? But don't you think that that happened after photography was invented? Because people are like, well, now we can just take a picture of yeah, it. So I, yeah, I think I, it kind of freed people up after that. Yeah, but I mean, I always, I, you know, a lot of people get frustrated with, uh, you know, when, when they go to a contemporary art museum mm-hmm. and like, what is, what is this? You know, why is there a giant black dot right in the near the edge of the thing? Well, I could have done that. Right. I literally heard somebody at an open mic last night. What's the deal with the Getty? You know, like, <laughs> oh no, he's the, his thing was, what's the deal with art? And he went to the Getty. It's like, all right, there's a woman sitting in a chair. So what? Yeah. You know, when you do open mic though, very early on, you're desperate, desperate to talk about something. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but that, that is, you know, I went to, uh, the Guggenheim mm-hmm. and with Andy and right. Andy studied fine art in, mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. And so as we're doing the circle going up the Guggenheim in New York right. and it got more and more abstract, I said, soon you will lose me. <laughs> Soon I will not know what I'm looking at, and I yeah. may have to ask you. And so we got to the black dot on the giant piece of canvas, and I said, for example, this item. Yeah. And he goes, this is a very famous painting, mm-hmm. and what this gentleman was uh, was showing was something called edge tension. Mm-hmm. And I said, what is that? He said, he was showing the fact that when you look at a photo or you look at anything, mm-hmm. um, your mind is drawn to that which is closer to the edge. Mm-hmm. And that is called edge tension. And that's all that this is a representation of. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so that, that's all that is. Though. That's all that is. And like, you know, I love going to contemporary art museums or modern art museums because stuff like that just is laughable to me. You know, I can intellectualize what they're saying. Right. But I don't feel anything. Oh, you don't feel the art? No. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I feel like art should, I mean, like inspire something in you or make you emote in a okay. way. And, uh, you know, I feel like, and what is great about going to a lot of those art museums is a lot of it is really laughable. Like, Oh, this is what you spent all the time doing. But every once in a while you'll come up across a painting or installation or something like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Right. I'm in awe. I'm stunned that pe- somebody could have thought of this and actually visualized it and then put it out. Right. Yeah. Right, right. But it's interesting because, wh- I mean, once he explained that thing about the dot and the edge tension, I notice it everywhere. Right. And so it does, it carries forward. It holds some sense of art in the fact that I'm like, okay, well, now it's it's genuinely affected my life. Right. And that some people define art in that way. Does it, does it change how you think? Does it change what you think about? And And so, like, I wouldn't. You know, when I first started looking at art, uh, in, I was probably 20, 21 years old. And, right. um, I had a lot, I had friends who were like, make fun of me and go, well, you like the kind of art that goes with furniture. Uh, and I was like, what's wrong with art that goes with furniture? It should look nice. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and they're like, well, then it's not art. Then and you're like, well, I don't, 
know that that's actually true. Yeah, but, a, yeah. But I, I get what you're saying. You know, right. like I, we, the art that you collect. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, there is uh, I bought Paul Kozlowski, mm-hmm. uh, who owns the fake and right. is an artist. Yeah. Um, last Christmas I bought for Andy, um, a. Uh, a painting of some cows outstanding right. in their field. Right. Because that, uh, I do a joke about my dad saying that outstanding in their field, but that's right. actually Andy yeah, yeah. who every fucking time we drive by a pasture with cattle, he'll mm. say, see those, see those cows. <laughs> They're outstanding in their field. Uh-huh. So you should look at that because what I like about Paul Kozlowski's art is that it's, it, it's so, it's very quirky yeah. and it's supposed to be funny because he's a comic. Right. But it's also, it's smart. Yeah, it's smart. It, it's but it's wh- also silly. Yeah, it's what it's you, it's like Wayne White. What's that? Uh there's a there's actually a documentary that just came out. Uh I mean, he um Is it got a punny name? Is it got a word playing name? No, 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 no. It's uh Beauty is embarrassing. Beauty is embarrassing is Yeah, but no, he's like a highly topic. respected artist. Okay. Uh, but all his art is kind of funny. Okay. Yeah. So like there's, you know, have you been to Fred 62, Jackie? Uh, Fred 62 is a diner, correct? Yeah, I yeah. have been to it. Yeah. So they have some of those paintings that like show a beautiful like pastoral scene or whatever. And then there's like big bold type over it. Oh, they yeah. essentially ruined it, but not yeah. because it's art. Yeah. Like, uh, that's a Wayne White painting. And he'll like, you know, he's done a lot of stuff over the, over the years and, and right. you know, been an art designer, but you know, he, he wants to bring humor to okay. fine art. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it can be, and that's, you know, from this documentary and like the, from what I understand, like, who's to say what art is? Who's to say what origami is? Who's right. To, yeah, who's to say what comedy is? You know? Right. Did, have you ever, but before we answer, before we go into that, I have one question. Have you ever been to that arts and crafts museum here in Los uh, Angeles? It's I, across from the LACMA and, 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 uh, and oh, the Page Museum. I have not been to that one. I've been I hear to, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't been either. What I like, <laughs> kind of hoping that you had. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so anyway, so uh, who's to say what comedy is? Who's to say? Yeah, who's to say what comedy is? Uh, because I, you I know, can, I can, I can say. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, tell but, you, I, I feel like I could say too. But you know, this is what a, a thing that I realized um, about when I started the comedy bureau. Like, I would make rules because I do stand up. About like, oh, what you can and can't do and what does and doesn't work. And then I would see that rule broken every night, like, and, and kill. sometimes very well done. Yeah, yeah. Very well done. And like, oh, they're, you yeah, know. as soon as you make a rule, not just especially in comedy, I suppose in anything, but I mean, as soon as you make a rule, someone will break that rule with a genius that you had never foreseen. Yeah. Absolutely. So I always. For sure in comedy. Yeah, for sure in comedy, you know, and that's, you know. You're not supposed to talk about babies. And then somebody talks about a baby in a drawer and you're like, ha ha. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and it's been, pre- as of recently, especially like, oh yeah, airplane material, still funny. You, if you could talk, if you have a funny oh, yeah. original angle, you know what I, I think is getting overdone now is subways, uh, subway material. People talk oh, yeah. about subway. Uh-huh. That's like, you subway know, sandwiches or? subway sandwiches. Yeah. The subway sandwich shop. There's a lot of people discussing subway sandwiches. Oh yeah. Sandwiches. It's a bit on Pete Holmes's album. Sean Patton has a bit about it. They're all oh, great. They're good bits. Yeah. All but right. it's just like, oh man. It feels it, like it's been covered. Yeah. But you, you, you can almost anthropologically like, uh, define the life of a comedian off of like what their <laughs> common material is. Oh yeah. 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 A bad relationship. You end up with Subway, you drink too much. Right, and and you have to go to a Subway because it's the fake healthy food that's on the road. Right, right. It's, uh, I, yeah, 
I, uh, I've eaten my fair share of Subway until the last time I ate at Subway. Mm-hmm. And it had been several months because sometimes if you eat too much at Subway, you have to stop eating at Subway. Right. And even the smell of the bread can make you slightly ill. Right. It's got to fade off, fade off. You mm-hmm. dive back in one day. You're like, I need to eat something that isn't right. nine million calories. Yeah. And, and, and it's got vegetables supposedly. Yeah. yeah. Last time I did it. Food poisoning. Oh. I don't know that I'll ever return to Subway. I don't know that I can. I don't know. Well, this is for, you know, here's the thing about, like, a lot of, one of the most common labels I get as a person is that I'm a snob. Oh. But I own up to it. And how <laughs> this relates to Subway. everybody's a snob. What yeah. do they mean you're a snob? Yeah, but because. Because you like the things you like? Yep. Yeah, but, you know, screw them. I totally own yeah, up to it. Yeah, screw that. Yeah, I like good beer. I'm sorry, sorority girl. I'm not going to drink your Tecate, okay? Uh, we have some Bud Light that we're rocking. Yeah, yeah. Because Andy's Light. mom's a total Bud Light. <laughs> I can tolerate Bud Light, but literally one of the most awkward moments I had in my life, I was at a party that I showed up to on time, which means I was way too early. Right. Uh, and it was just me and the host, and she's like, oh, I have some beer. She handed me a Tecate. That was the only thing that was there. I'm like, all right. This is the first time I'm going to drink it. So I, all right, just drink it. Are you yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah, I give it a shot. So I, 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 uh, took a swig and I spat it out in front of her. Cause you genuinely, is it that bad? It was that bad to me. And, you know, and what was sort of a disservice, the first beer that I ever had was, uh, this Russian beer called Baltica and it was stout. It was a stout beer. It was off tap. It tasted like a milkshake. When you were like when I was 21. That was the first beer you had ever had or the first beer that you had ever had out sort of by choice? No, no, that I ever had. Okay, so you had not drank any beer because I was weaned on Pabst right. and Ho-Ho's. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had no palate uh, yeah. for beer. Right. So. Yeah, and I was like, that was my gauge for, oh, beer tastes great. Be- beer should taste like this. Yeah, it should taste like it this. It should be this thick, dark, yeah. uh, weird uh thing because a lot of people don't like stout. Yeah, a lot of people don't like, so that's why I sound like a snob because, you know, during the summer, typically, this is another thing I'm like a dork about, uh, is beer, craft beer. A lot of people like drink lighter beers like P- Pilsners and Hefeweizens and whatnot. I hate those types of beers anytime. How is this thing? Cause you said you wouldn't mind a beer. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Pale Ale, no, this is fine. I like Whitmer Brothers and it's, uh, I like hops in my beer. Okay. Yeah, uh, some people describe the type of beer that I like as tasting what weed smells like. Oh, you know what? If you ever go to Milwaukee, uh, there was, there's always a smell in the summer when we would go. Right. And all it is is yeast and hops. Right. Yeast and hops. And it would make me ill when I was a kid. But now when I smell it, it's just the smell of home, kind of. Right. Right. Oh yeah, that's what Milwaukee smells like. Right. Yeah, but I, I, so I'm big in IPAs and whatnot. And that's, uh, that, you know, a lot of people. What's IPA? Uh, India Pale Pale Ale. Indie, indie, in, in, India Pale Ale. Oh, is the name of the brand? Yeah, no, it's the name of the type of beer. Okay, got it. And it's called India Pale Ale, uh, because, um, not be, when British ships were, tr- uh, sailing to India, they had to add more alcohol to it to make it last on the ship. So IPAs tend to have a higher, uh, ABV, alcohol by volume, and have a very distinct taste. It's very hoppy. And, uh, to some people really bitter, mm-hmm. but I really like that. I have a beer, uh, anecdote. Yeah, all right. I'm from Milwaukee, right? Yeah. The Milwaukee area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason the Schlitz is the beer that made Milwaukee famous 
mm-hmm. is because of the Chicago Fire. Uh-huh. The Chicago Fire, I think, happened in the late 1800s mm-hmm. or the early 1900s. I forget offhand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it destroyed all of the breweries of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now, the railroad system in the United States at this time, uh, which was the main mode of travel, right? Mm-hmm. Railroad trains um, in the late 1800s early 1900s was uh the trains would start in in New York and uh on the east coast Seattle and would come and then they would come to an up from New Orleans and they would come up to Chicago and that was the hub right and by the time they get there they're out of beer mm-hmm. and so they have to reload and then go back out mm-hmm. so because of the Chicago fire they had to send to Milwaukee for beer ah. and hence uh Schlitz and Pabst and Blatt's and uh, a lot of very mediocre beers uh, <laughs> made it all over the country. Right. Yep. Nice. That is that is my fun fact about the Chicago Fire <laughs> and the history well, of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Fun facts about the Chicago Fire. You know, I was taken oh, around this country, around the world by my parents when I was a kid and to so many museums that I don't care to ever go to another history museum ever. I don't. Right. I really don't because when we went to, uh, when I went to Britain the first time, my dad literally made an Excel itinerary of like, okay, we're going to see four museums today. Yeah. Uh, that's cruel. Yeah. Unusual punishment. I have a couple of friends whose dads did that. They were like, all right, we're getting this. And they would schedule the day. Right. Like almost to the, to, to the minute. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you had to go to the bathroom, it was a big fucking deal and everybody was mad. Uh, and you're like, hi, I'm seven. Right. Yeah. So when I was, yeah, when I was seven, I would be like, where's the gift shop? Like that'd yeah. be a, always my question. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a time when, you know, before the travel channel is what it is now, I, I'd be, I, you know, they'd have a promo for something about Egypt. I'm like, again with Egypt. Right. More of Egypt, but don't so care. Your parents just completely ruined the world for you. Yeah. You don't and- want to ever go anywhere outside of Silver Lake. <laughs> it would be nice. Uh, no, I, I don't, I just, I don't mind it, but I like, <laughs> Uh, I don't mind other places. I, don't I just mi- don't want to go look at your shit. I don't want to go look at your shit just because AAA said so or Fromers. <laughs> I want to like this is what the way I found that I like to travel. I like to get lost in a city, you know, like yeah. you, like, like you, just, you don't bring a map. Yeah, I don't bring a map, and I'm pretty good at like directions anyway. So I I would like to go. This is the thing that was frustrating when I went to Tokyo with my mom and my sister and my aunt. Oh man, that one guy and three girls. Going to Japan. Was there a problem? Yes, there was. Uh, I mean, just like none of us got along, one. And two, they always depended on me to do everything. Well, that uh, that number one, uh-huh. that's really going to inflict on any sort of good time you're having. Yeah. 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 Uh, but <laughs> but the thing uh, was that, you know. We, so you went to Tokyo with yeah. them? Uh-huh. You went to Tokyo yeah, with them? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. long? Uh, we actually went around that main island of sendai for like a week and a half oh fun yeah and or supposedly supposedly <laughs> well no because we would like do this hybrid of like what i would want to do where i would just oh here's a fun district in tokyo mm-hmm. let's just go and walk around there right and my mom would be oh no 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 but see this museum no this temple has a, a gem triple a says it's like free and it's important so we should go see it and like right. do, you, do you really want to see it yeah but but why do you actually triple a told her yeah triple a told her that it was a really good looking gem <laughs> yeah, yeah and it was free yeah that's exactly why guess what you, you just flew to tokyo 
How yeah. about you're going to spend some money? That's right. going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it would be frustrating when I would go and want to wander around. She, she would, you know how kids, uh, that stereotypical, like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are yeah. we there? Yeah. My mom would be like, are you done yet? Are you going to buy anything? Are you done? Are you done? Are you done? Right. Yeah. You don't want to travel with her. No. Which I mean, is why I travel I've, alone. I basically, with someone who might want to travel a little more like you. Right. I basically put an embargo on traveling with my family. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah, I do, I do enjoy like going to different places and just like finding my way around and, uh. Yeah, I went to, uh, I went to Italy and Greece, uh, without a let's go. Yeah. And people were very shocked. And, but it, we, I would wake up at the youth hostel in the morning and all the other women in the room would be like, we're going to go see the David. And I was like, what's the David? <laughs> and they're like, well, it's this amazing sculpture, uh, right. this statue yeah. in, uh, in Florence. And I was like, I'll go to that. Right. And then I would just tag along. Right. And then I would weed off and right. then I would go get a sandwich. Yeah. So, uh, as you should. Yeah. What, what, my dad totally called it right. We went to Amsterdam once. Right. And my mom was adamant that we saw Anne Frank's house. Right. Which, okay. This have is you what, ever heard Victor Varnado's joke about Anne Frank? No, I have not. It's like, uh, he just pictures Anne Frank up in heaven going, you ra- stop reading my diary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dark, funny. Dark. Go. Oh yeah, I like it dark. Mm-hmm. I like my beer. Um, yeah, Anne Frank's house is so overrated. It's like, all right, <laughs> it's so overrated. Imagine, okay, imagine. Well, what you're not really. What 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 are you supposed to get out of it? Well, I mean, I, you're supposed to like, you know, have. How this, old were you when you went? I was probably like fifteen. Okay. But you're supposed to get this experience of, you know, her life and what it was like and, you know, through various panels. And then they, okay. re- they've like refurbished it to, oh, this is what it would have been like and whatever. But honestly, um, first of all, there's a line through the whole museum. Mm-hmm. Like you, there's a clear path through, through from a, exhibit A to B and C. And like, so you have to go sequentially through the museum or right. th- their, uh, her house. And, uh, and because it's like, you know how like golfers ha- have to wait turns for other. Oh, right, right. You can't play through. Yeah. You can't play through because there's that many people in Anne Frank's house. Oh, it's so crowded. It's so crowded. So it's like a, a, a like a line at Disneyland, except there's no ride at the end. And then there's, right. and they're just panels about the Nazis. Right. Just between. one after another. Yeah. Uh, Dwight Slade on the show, uh, probably three months ago, five months ago. Right. Uh, he, <laughs> he said that he was listening to Anne Frank's diary on audio. Uh huh. And he gets to the end of it and he didn't know that she died. <laughs> <laughs> now that's bad writing. Uh, and he was just like, he's listening to the epilogue and he's like, what? And he's driving because he's doing a series of one-nighters up right. in the up in the uh, northwest. And right. he says he just started crying. He was like, "Wait, what? Wait, why would you, who would kill a sixteen-year-old?" Well, it turns out Nazis. Nazis yeah. would kill a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> you weirdo. Uh, and uh, so he was. Funny. He was. Uh, yeah. His his episode is actually very funny with Dwight Slade yeah. because it's uh it's the last twenty four hours of Elvis. That's what we talked about. Right. Uh, and Frank, and then the Beatles. The Beatles. And uh, he those were the things he he loved. Right. And it was just weird. Yeah. But so you got to travel a lot in your high school years, like junior high, high school. High, uh, high school. Junior high, high school, uh, a little bit of college. And you know, and what? in the last 10 years, have you done any traveling? Uh, just like through festivals, you know, going just for comedy. Yeah. Okay. For comedy, you know, going to Montreal and Portland. So and, not with your family, not with my family. And guess what? Spoiler. It's been great. 
<laughs> well, and great. well, that's the way because we never traveled when I was right. a kid yeah. because uh, I am the youngest of six, right. and that would have cost uh, prohibitively right. a giant bag of money. So we stayed at home, right. and they were like, "Get out! Right. It's summer." And yeah. so, but but I think that it's interest. It's an interesting experience to go with your family yeah. and travel so much because you're like, "Oh my god, you got to go to Amsterdam! Oh my god, you got to go to Tokyo!" And you're like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with my mom. Yeah. Who wouldn't stop asking me if I was done. Right. One of the only trips to Amsterdam where we did not go to the red light district and we didn't, like, we did the most, like, prude trip to right. Amsterdam. Yeah, because it was a family trip to Amsterdam. I mean, you, you're not there to smoke weed and, and get laid. Yeah. Right. Right. But it's still. <laughs> and you're weird. like, well, I guess I gotta go home. Go Is back. It, no, I don't want to go back. I, I'm not, not, I'm not that type of guy. You're not that guy either. Anyway. I'm not that guy either. But you know, I mean, sorry to be a downer, listeners, but most <laughs> most of the world, eh, it's not it's not that great, you know. If you're yeah. in a big city, it's probably there's something really fun about it because what I you know people have this ideal of oh Europe is so sophisticated and it, no it's, it's not it's just like here but it's neat it's yeah. somewhere else like it, I I've been all over Europe and right. I've been to Greece and it yeah. was great and, yeah. And a lot of their like pop culture is us. It's the U.S. Well, the water. What, it's what we export. Yeah, and they. It's lo- our number one export. They love. It, it's all we have left. People wonder how Nickelback is so big. Hey, they don't have to be big in the U.S. No, they don't. But the thing, yeah. But it's. I mean, I wouldn't discourage anyone from travel. No. Right. No. I no. mean, you can. You yeah. can discourage people from traveling. <laughs> You're yeah, like, yeah. don't go, man. It sucks. They're just listening to Nickelback and there's nothing to do. No, just, you know, do it however you want to do it. If you, <laughs> you know, if you want to go on a tour. Don't go with your parents don't. when you're 14. No. Try not to do that. Try not to go back no. in time and be Jake Kroger. <laughs> well, also, don't try, don't think that you can see the British Museum, the Imperial War Museum, and some other museum all in one day. Right. And then, like, uh, this is, this is the thing that was slightly traumatic for me. I, my mom would read every panel at every museum, every single panel, mm-hmm. whether it, 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 she was interested in it or not. And then she would quiz me at the end. Like, oh, did you read this? Did you read this? Yeah, she ruined the world for you. Yeah. She's an ass. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> yeah. travel with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hang out with her and love her as much as you possibly can, but that right. is all. Yeah. Right. So I got to a point where I would just get snarky about it and I'd try to find obscure facts and then ask them in a weird way. And then she'd be like, oh, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Cause Andy likes to read every single panel too. Uh-huh. And I like to go find the coffee shop yeah. and have him meet me 40 right. minutes later. Right. Cause he, we, I mean, we don't have to, to see him together. Right. And then he doesn't ask me about it. He just goes, Hey, this was neat. Did you see that? And I'd be like, I right. blew. Cause at the end of the Uffizi, mm-hmm. uh, if I saw one more Botticelli, Mm-hmm. I don't need to see any more that which which feels sad at the time because you're like, "Oh, Botticelli, he's yeah. such an amazing guy." But right. I've seen 12 of them. I'm done now. Right. And someone should get that man down off of that cross cuz I can't <laughs> look at that picture anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cuz him just in various degrees of suffering right. is too much. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Absolutely. So, uh by the way, we're almost yeah. Almost done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like, I like we're so good. what would what would you recommend if people want to uh, start doing origami? Um, just like I'm not, I don't even want to re- recommend a specific book, but I'll recommend a type of 
book. Don't okay. Get, don't get the ones that have their own type of paper in the back. Okay. Don't uh, get a kit. Yeah. Don't get don't get a kit is what I would say. You know, because uh, you can use regular paper. You can use regular printer paper. I, receipts are really good. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Re- like receipt paper. I that love, ribbon kind of. Stuff? Yeah. That ribbon. It, it folds really well. It's soft, and you can like get really detailed with it. Now, unfortunately, everything you fold will be small. Right, right, because right. it's very narrow and long. Yeah, yeah. unless, you know, you, you're... you uh, got some sort of... You're getting an invoice at a body shop. Right, and <laughs> for some reason someone is printing an on giant, <laughs> giant yeah. receipt paper somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would just get, like, um, yeah, a, a book that uh, ha- you, like, look through it. It has detailed, uh, uh, like, step-by-step models, and then it has actual... Like description of what you're supposed to do, because like, like, like a glossary, and then and then like when you say models, you're talking about diagrams, yeah, showing di- how to do it, yeah, diagrams. It'll go step by, you know, like you're supposed to pedal fold this, and then mountain fold that, and then you know, pedal fold, mountain fold, valley fold, yeah, like absolutely, it. and then yeah, say a couple other ones. What uh, else is there? Is there anything else? Is there another? Uh, throw some digits at me. <laughs> throw some digits. <laughs> um, no, uh, inside, uh, inside, uh, inside reverse fold, outside reverse fold. Okay. Yeah, those are like really complicated ones. Because, those are further. No, well, it's just like a lot of it's like guesswork because, because I mean, arrows can only tell you so much. Mm-hmm. And there's like different types of arrows that you have. There's like a legend in the front that you you'll have to reference, but you, you'll just like stare at it and like they it, even like when I learned to fold that orchid, that yeah. t- took me like two weeks to like crack like. What do they mean by this step? Right, right, right. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it just, it, like, when Is you- Is that kind of the most complicated one that you've ever done, done? Um, not, I'm full, the bald eagle one was really complicated. Yeah, that sounds- is it just one piece of paper as well? Yes. And wow. it, and it looks like a bald eagle. And that was another thing to tie art in the, again, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of people, uh, in comedy, uh, kind of look down upon like really long form jokes. Okay. More right. of the storytelling. Kind yeah. Of but, uh, yeah. But I think, you know, based off origami, the more folds it has, the more realistic and beautiful it ends up tending, tending yeah. to be. Yeah. So go ahead. Get complicated. You know? Right. What the heck? Yeah, that's a thing that I get frustrated. I like talking a lot of a, a lot of high concept stuff, as you heard on the my podcast that you did. <laughs> right. Yeah, where I wanted to talk. Oh, yeah, about, tell people the name of your podcast. This better be funny. This better be funny dot com. Uh, this better be funny dot tumblr dot com. Dot tumblr dot com yeah. and on iTunes, of course. On iTunes, of course. And uh, I I like um you know talking about the origin of language yeah or history that nobody can prove like i have been trying to work on a bit where it's like who's the first grave robber who invented po- pants uh, pocket pants or po- <laughs> pockets on pants oh pockets in pants yeah who said why don't i just sew an extra thing here and then hold something in my pants my theory is that there was a lonely guy probably around you know the medieval times yes i actually did research about this oh did you look <laughs> yeah, into it? like it was probably invented around that time the yeah, medieval yeah. times but nobody knows who did it which is something and that's, you're like, I am going down this rabbit hole. Right. So basically my theory was that, you know, there was like a village dance after some big accomplishment. Right. And there was that, you know, the, it just like a, at a club where a guy sees a girl across the room and they want to dance. But that guy did look across the fire and saw that girl and then she danced with somebody else. And he turned around and he didn't have a pocket to put his hand in like all lonely guys do. <laughs> 
So he killed himself, and his brother made pockets. His brother made pockets, finally. Yeah. Nice. In memoriam. I like it. I like it. Memorial. This is my gym memorial pocket. Yeah. In, in memory of my brother, Jim. But a lot of people, uh, uh you got to really uh, get get them to a, a level where they're really listening to you to want to hear stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's the longest of all. St- I mean, all of my jokes start out about four minutes long. Right. And after about 18 months. Uh, I, I usually whittle them down to about a minute and a half to two. Right. Um, however, I, I will say this about origami. Yes. Bring it to that. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Oh, cool. I, uh, I have yet to make my own, like, model. Like, that's a thing that I, you know, like, a, a, a figurine, I've seen something in real life. I'm like, oh, I wanted to try to fold that. Into- oh, that's gotta be, like, the next level. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't done that. And a, a lot of, you know, what origami is that there's like bases that uh you can fold a bunch of stuff off of like the base you like make certain folds and it looks like a triangle or a pyramid or whatever yeah. and then off of that you could fold a boat or a pinwheel or a house or a okay. cup you know and so i um i always try to think what i could fold off of that so, you know and like i want to fold like really where's it like the orchid yeah i can fold that but i want to yeah. fold a go- ghost orchid What's a ghost orchid? A ghost orchid is a a, a really rare, uh, I guess breed is, is there. I, I'm I'm not. I don't know a lot about kind of orchid. It's yeah, a ki- weird kind of orchid. Kind of orchid where I mean it has like typical looking petals for five of them, but then there are two that stretch out in like a really like like wispy fangs is the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh it re- looks really unique. Right, right. Yeah, I think it was a, a like a center point of the that book The Orchid Thief or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And so it's it's essentially a specific kind of orchid that you're like, "Why can't I do that one?" Yeah, I'm trying to well the I mean the challenge is like, you know, the base for the orchid get, has I think like six uh points where you can fold different petals and make it look like a flower. Right, right. But the ghost orchid, the challenge with that is two of those petals have to be way longer than all the other ones. Right. You don't have to do that with the normal one that I learned how to fold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, w- I would feel less like there's a part of me that feels sort of like I'm cheating when I fold stuff and I leave it for people and they're like, oh, this is great. It's like, I didn't come up with that. Oh, right, right. I, but yeah, yeah, that's not, I mean, I think it's just a nice thing to do to leave it. But I, but I see that you yeah. aspire to. You just, you want to bring it to the next level. Yeah. Like, I want to make something. Yeah. And I, and I want to do it independently. There's a whole, in that documentary, again, there were people at MIT. Yeah. That like, they use geometric and mathematical formulas to pre-plan their model. Like, they'll draw out the diagram of where the creases are supposed to be. Right, right. On the paper. And then it becomes that. Okay. But I think that takes the art. that? Well, isn't that how everybody does it, though? No, some uh, th- that's where the art part of it comes in, where you you can be going and folding along, and then maybe you know if you if you're like playing like a chess player, you see a couple folds ahead, yeah, and you could you know like okay, if I fold it like this, it'll come out, a yeah, yeah, you know, and then you know when you fold a person or uh, even like a bull, you you can change positions and how they're standing mm-hmm. or some, you know, and like an animal or something. Yeah, and you can maybe things don't have to look like, um, you know, like it's a cardboard cutout or you know they're just standing one way or it's you know uh, even uh, animal. There there are people that like 
do origami like installations at art museums that are, you know, they're not really anything, but it looks amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, yeah. Yeah, Why wouldn't you? Yeah. There's like a time lapse part of the diet where this guy takes like four hours to fold this like, you know, 20 foot by 20 foot piece of paper. I'm thinking that that craft, uh, that that craft museum across from the, the, the tar pits, the little braid tar pits, they might have like an origami section you might enjoy. Yeah. I'm feeling. Cause I've heard it's really neat. Yeah. I've never been. I, I, you know, I'll fold you something really quick after we finish. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, jorkforest.com, jackiecation.com, thecomedybureau.com, which is your top, it's a Tumblr, uh, and it's got a lot of information in addition to those, the shows. It's got a lot of like news about what's happening in the comedy world and oftentimes, um, funny videos you've never even heard of. So, uh, mm-hmm. that you found and are awesome. Oh, so, uh, Jake Kroger, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?